The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. Energy Matters to You seeks to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. And now your hosts, Ron Galuli and Leo Ryan. Hello and welcome to Energy Matters to You, Leo Ryan, along with colleague and friend, Ron Galuli. Ron, good to be with you. Good to be with you. Good morning. We talked earlier, Leo. I attended the AWE East event in Boston. There were some really good sessions. Buzzword is obviously electrification. A little disappointed with the turnout, so I hope people get back to, you know, pressing the flesh and meeting people in person. I think that's, we've gotten away from that since the pandemic. But at the end of the show, I did attend one technical session. It was put on by Lidos. Mohammed Ibrahim did a great job explaining IEC 61850, right? So not many people talking about that, but it really resonated to me at the end of the session that that standard is about communication protocols for intelligent electronic devices at electrical substations. So that's going to be the backbone of making all this electrification work. The utilities play a really important role. They have to keep the lights on, but I don't think there's a lot, there's a lack of, I think, fundamental understanding in the industry about the role they play and all the work that has to be done in the importance of keeping the lights on. So yeah, that's interesting. Think about it. Close it out. In, in a way, it's easier to put that intelligence in the end units. Right. So the conditioning devices, they get changed out on some more frequent schedule than that whole underwriting infrastructure. So we might have intelligence built at the air conditioning or the refrigerator level. But then we but the infrastructure that supports all that doesn't have the same level of infrastructure built into it because it's operating daily. Right. And the risk at your home level, right, your air conditioner fails, either you get rid of it or you put in a new control board or, you know, what have you. But at the substation level, depending on the size of those substations, if something fails, obviously the risk is much greater. Complicated matters. Well, and that's why, that's why there are consultants out there who specialize in these complicated matters and provide exactly. some, some solutions. So we have with us a friend of mine and a, and, a, and a great consultant who's launched a venture called Balance Rock Consulting. Balance Rock Consulting. Alan Tellio, welcome to Energy Matters to You. Hey, thanks, Leo. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Great to have you. So, so you and I shared some time at Enernock back a, a decade or so ago. And those, those are fun times. Yep. As, as I said before, we started talking like anyone who's worked in energy at some point and lives in the Boston area probably worked at Enernock. It's, there's like a big alumni network out of there. Um, and it was, it was a, it was a good time working there. It was a good company. Yeah. And that's a very strong network. So Alan, let's, let's get right to it. Balance Rock Consulting, tell us just a little bit about how you came upon the idea and what the focus is about uh, Balance Rock. Yeah, so the idea came from a need that I was seeing in that what's developing on the energy uh, with Inside Energy right now, particularly as more renewables come online and uh, more distributed energy comes online and new technologies are being introduced on the energy side and on the climate side, is that there is sort of a high level of questions that need to be answered. And there is um, a, a lot of, there's a lot of noise and it is often hard to know what's real and what's not. So prior to starting Balance Rock, 
Um, I was working and running the community solar division at NextAmp in Boston. It's one of the largest community solar developers uh, in the country. I left there. Um, I took some time off and ended up starting Balance Rock when I started to see the need that there's a lot of money that is ready to be invested inside new technologies, but they don't often know either how the technology works or whether the uh, like the operations of the business are going well or potentially some of the tax laws, how it'll impact the profitability of the business. I've worked on a lot of that as an operator and I've been operating businesses for the last 15 plus years inside this space. And so there was a need where people were coming to me and saying, hey, could you help on this project? Could you help us do some due diligence? So it started out really with people approaching me knowing that I was available. And as it started to grow organically, I was like, I think there's actually a business here. I will also say having the IRA bill pass uh, was very fortunate. I mean, it's good for the world, but on a personal good timing thing, it's also good for me on this in that there is a huge amount of investment now really happening in this space. And there's a need for people who've been working inside uh, the industry for a long time that have a deep understanding of what, what's happening and can help, help identify things that are working well and then help bring solutions if there's a, a challenge with inside of a business. Let's walk back on the IRA bill. Why don't you explain that for us to, to okay. so listeners, like the, the, the scale of it, who it's focused on helping and the kinds of technologies that might be influenced by the, by the IRA passage? Yep. So IRA bill, if we go back a couple of steps, we're, we're really talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. That is the name. The reality is a large portion of this is this is a climate bill. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of tax incentives and financial incentives to increase the investment to help transition to a carbon-free um, carbon electric grid and a carbon-free future. Really important in terms, um, this type of bill is really important, it's been needed to be built for quite a while. And so I'll give an example of some of the things that are inside this bill. Uh, there are is, uh, provisions that are actually currently being worked out right now, uh, where there is tax credits for folks that are building distributed energy uh, systems. So there's a specific tax credit, and I'll go really deep in the weeds on this one, where for the next two years and, and as well into the future, they have tax credits to provide uh, incentives to about 1.4 gigawatts of distributed power that is servicing low-income customers. And so this is a that's a tremendous amount of renewable energy that could be coming in, but also being able to provide accessibility to renewable energy to low-income and moderate-income um, participants who've often been shut out of um, what's happening on the clean energy side. So this rule was written. Um, it was written somewhat vaguely, as often happens when the initial bill passes. And now they're going through the process of refining the actual way that this is going to be implemented, verifying that the benefit is going to the right people. Um, this is super in the weeds in terms of like how tax law is working, but it's ultimately really important because it has a big impact in terms of the benefit and the cost of these programs. So the way that this tax credit works is that you'll be able to recoup, depending on which sort of bucket you fall into, an additional 20 to 30% of the cost of the project you're building, you'll get back in terms as a, as a tax credit. So it will greatly reduce the upfront cost to build these and helps make the economics of these projects better so that they have a better return and that they get built and put into, put into market. 
So, Alan, I attended the tax session at AEE East. Very complicated. So I'm looking at that as and saying, and I'm in the business that if I'm going to recommend service to the customer, I need to recommend a professional because I, I don't understand the full breadth of that, the credits. Um, yep. Also, I, I think there's a great opportunity, as you mentioned, in the environmental justice communities, right. because when you look at New York City, a lot of constraints on the gas side and electric side, right? Putting new electric infrastructure is difficult. But also I've looked at the load maps in Massachusetts. National Grid has all their feeders. You can go online and look. But a lot of the constrained feeders are in those congested areas. So mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of opportunity there to enhance the grid with renewables with the right mix of investment and tax credits. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think there's multiple spots where there's an opportunity in terms of storage, renewables, and when you mentioned in the beginning of that about the environmental justice component of this, is that is also a consideration. Lower income communities have often borne the brunt of fossil fuels. And so part of the way that the IRA bill has been designed is to try and get more of the benefit of this back into those communities because they've been the ones that have um, often suffered in the past. And so the way that this bill is really being structured is providing more benefit to areas that have had persistent low income to try and provide some, provide some additional um, economic benefit. Um, and then also, I think you hit it on the head, is that some of these areas also happen to be some of the more congested spots. So are there alternative ways that we can start to address energy congestion, either through storage or a non-wireless alternative? Like, How else can we start to look at the way that the grid works, getting additional either generation that's distributed in a particular area or storage to make it work a little bit better and really start to rethink the way that the electric grid is working. It's a big opportunity, but it's also something, I think you hit it on on the head, is there's a lot of moving parts. It's really complicated and it requires a team of people to be able to start to attack that problem. Somewhere where I come in is is typically looking at different portions of the operations, helping understand uh, how this business is working, can it work a little bit better? Um, and, and then on the regulatory side, are there ways to craft the regulations that work well from a regulatory perspective, work well for industry, and then ultimately have the desired outcome that you want on a, on a broader basis? That's often where I'll be sitting is just helping be the translator. One of the challenges that happens is that people often are speaking different languages to each other. You know, we're all speaking our own industry language, but there often needs to be a bridge so that people can understand how things are operating and and simplifying it so that we can start to develop solutions around stuff. So Alan, when we started talking about, uh, when you introduced uh, Balance Rock Consulting, you yep. mentioned kind of three three drivers. The, um, there's, there's money to be invested, there's this new yep. tax law, the IRA, and then the technology. And then as you're discussing this, you're sprinkling in examples of the technology, the, you know, the storage, the renewables, uh, non, non, non-wires alternative kind of, kind of applications. I'd be curious to know on the technology side, uh, where are you seeing big opportunity? And it'd be great if you had a, had a you know, kind of a proof point, a, um, a, a story of someone that you that, that didn't know how to interpret all this complexity and, and, and sure. through your help, they're able to manifest a, a change. 
Yeah, so I think one of the companies that I'm an advisor for, I think, is actually a a good example of this. Uh, one of the companies that I work with is Pearl X. They are a company that recently had an investment from an infrastructure fund called Anton. It's a French infrastructure fund. And Pearl X, what they're doing, um, they operate out in California and they are installing they're attacking a very attacking a very specific portion of the market where they are working with multi uh, multi-family um, basically apartment buildings to put to help them electrify by putting solar panels on the apartment complexes and storage as well. So what they've been able to do is provide that benefit directly to the tenants at a discount pay the landlord so that the landlords are getting a lease payment for having this onside their roof, and then pri- providing additional resiliency by putting in energy storage on those facilities. A lot of the opportunity that exists right now is that, you know, there's technology that exists today. The prices have dropped like astronomically over the past 10 years. And so you're now able to deliver a better service where you have more resiliency at a cheaper price. It's, it costs the tenants less than it does buying the power directly from the utility, and you're able to actually pay the landlord so they get additional income. So if you start to take a look at this, and parts of this, you'll probably like to be like, oh, that seems like a good business model. It's similar like to how things were at Enernoc, where they took a look at the demand response uh, market, and they're like, huh, this is like a good win-win opportunity where the grid wins, there's money that's available. It's more the economics work for everybody that's involved. We're at that point with a lot of this technology right now. If you look at solar, we're not quite there yet with storage. We're getting there. Um, I think there's still some things that need to be done to help drive down those costs. But when you combine sto- solar and storage um, and you have the right regulatory framework, you can really start to expand and bring benefits back out to people that typically haven't had access to it before. And that type of structure exists out in California because of the way that the regulations are built. That company is in the process of growing and adding more clients. Um, and it's really, um, it's kind of an exciting place to be. I think another good example of this is when I started working at Nexamp, it was kind of at that moment of that holy grail that I think a lot of us inside the renewables and, and clean tech community have, have been looking for where that price point comes down enough that it's actually cheaper to be doing the carbon-free option. And being able to now pass those savings back on to the end customer, to the end user, that's where you really start to unlock things. And that's when the market will really grow. It's, you used that term earlier about uh, you know, being a translator. And I yeah. think about as you're, as you're telling the story about Pearl X, how, how important it is to, to have that, that, that translator role present because you know you articulated this this value stack that was available, it was there, but then yep. you were able to you and Pearl X were able to articulate that message so that uh, so that the, the buyer could, could could see the benefit. And that's a cash. lot of what this is a lot of what this is about. Sort of where I can is helping people see an opportunity and understand it. And if you take a look again, I'll go back to Pearl X again as an example. This is a new idea that landlords have to get comfortable with. And I think one of the challenges that exists, so we, all of us on the on this podcast are people from energy. 
energy is often run by engineers who are fantastic at making things and not great at explaining them in English. And um, I think that's one of the things that the energy industry is, is still grappling with is how do we start to make things more accessible, easier to understand and start to demystify it a bit. Um, it's something that I know people have been working on for years and I think they'll continue to do it. And that's often where I'll sit is inside that area to translate, whether it is the value proposition of the business, whether it's on the regulatory side, helping understand what does this actually mean? It's sitting in that place to be able to translate things into language that everybody understands is often um, really valuable for, to, to people. Yeah, that's that was a nice segue. We, we want to make sure that when we do these podcasts that it's clear to our listening audiences where, where you're differentiating yourself from other consultants and, and what kind of organizations would benefit from your skill set. So if you could just give us an idea of you know who are the organizations, where are they in their maturation, what kinds of questions are they asking so that Balance Rock can be supportive? Yep. So I work with a couple of groups of uh, organizations. One is on the investment side. Um, I'm often brought in during due diligence of projects to help be the translator back to the invest to the investment fund. So they'll be taking a look at a technology. They'll want to understand it. They'll want to understand the actual operations and making sure that what they're investing in has the ability to grow. Part of where I differentiate myself is that a lot of the consulting firms that are available, larger consulting firms, are staffed with people that don't have deep operational experience. Uh, I've built and run many divisions of organizations. And a lot of the training, honestly, a lot of the training that I started when I was out at Enernock, I was just like, how do you work on the sales and marketing side to drive sales? That's typically where, typically where, I'll, where I'll be. So investment sides is one side. I also work with property owners and property managers in terms of uh, helping them understand the opportunity if they get approached about an investment opportunity, about who should they work with? How does this actually work? Is this something that they should take advantage of? And then that last bucket is high growth companies, which is companies either on the climate tech side or some, some of my clients are not all climate tech they will bring me in to help them in, with internal operations. And it's really the operational background that really is quite helpful. Ron, I think we could go on all day with, uh, with Alan. We've, uh, he's been in a lot of spots to look for the energy uh, problem from all different angles. Do you have any, anything else you want to ask while we've got him on here? Well, you know, working with customers, um, there's a general lack of awareness in a lot of the opportunities out there. So Anybody that's going to use these types of services, the, the payback's going to be instantaneous. Yeah, I think that's the thing that people are always surprised by is that how quickly this pays back and that like, people are still about six to seven years behind in terms of seeing what has happened to the technology. It's just, it's really mind boggling. Well, Alan, thanks for, for taking your skill set and stepping in, staying in the energy sector with Balance Rock Consulting. Uh, thanks for being part of this, and we wish you the best of luck as you, as you move forward. I appreciate it. It's been great, and it's, it's, uh, it's great to see you again, Leo, and pleasure to meet you, Ron. Thank you. You as well. Alan Tellio, Balance Rock Consulting, thanks for being here. Ron, uh, what, what else we got going on with uh, Energy Matters to you? We'll be recording next week Kevin Silveira with National Grid, and he's going to talk about electrification. So looking forward to that. Beautiful. Awesome. And as always, listeners, if, uh, if you've got uh, a company that you're interested in, you want to step forward and, and be part of Energy Matters to you, please reach out to uh, Ron and myself. 
So on behalf of Ron Gulley, Leo Ryan, this has been Energy Matters to You. There's work to be done. Go make a difference. Support for Energy Matters to You comes from National Grid, Raytheon, Siemens, Keurig Dr. Pepper, Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US, Mechanical Insulation Solutions Network, AHA Consulting Engineers, GDS Associates, QGM Consulting, Acela Energy Group, Sane Engineering Associates, B2Q Associates, Lidos, Conservation Solutions Corporation, Emergency Management Associates, and FMC Technologies. Do you or someone you know want to be featured on Energy Matters to You? We're seeking professionals in the energy industry to offer insight, strategy, and solutions. For more information, visit aeenewengland.org slash podcasts. For more information on the Association of Energy Engineers New England chapter, visit aeenewengland.org.